Hi, I'm Camille, and I'm a professor at the USC School of Drama. I am obsessed with getting to the bottom of why so many talented actors are out of work and what we can do to change that at Speak LA. And I'm Jen. I ran a secret underground agency in LA for over 20 years with a group of actor friends so that we could find our own work. Jen and I interview top industry professionals in the entertainment business with a mission of learning what they know that got them to where they are so that we can share that intel with you. We are your hosts. This episode of Speak LA, the podcast, Underground Actor Talk, is sponsored by Actors Connection. It is also sponsored by the Speak LA membership, which provides you with professional guidance and hands-on mentoring. If you're serious about your acting career, join the Speak LA membership today. To join or for more information about the membership, go to ispeakla.com. That's ispeakla.com. Our guest today is Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown heads up Hawaii's leading theatrical agency, the esteemed ADR Agency. ADR is a SAG-AFTRA franchise talent agency that has been representing the very best in Hawaii's models and actors for over 35 years. We are so excited to talk with Ryan today. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Oahu in Hawaii. Where in Hawaii do you live now? I live on the east side in, in, a, in a district that's called Kaneohe. How many years have you been an agent? Been an agent for 28 years. However, I've been saying that for the past three years. (laughs) If you had to sum up Hawaii in one word, what would that word be? Inclusive. Wow. Yeah. I, I know that I agree with that. That's a perfect word. Perfect word. Inclusive. Ryan, oh my God, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for being with us. Aloha, Jen and Camille. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Yeah, we appreciate your time. And we're so excited to get to talk to you about acting and, um, you know, work in Hawaii for actors. Um, I'd love to start by just asking you how you got into the field, how you became an agent. I fell uh, face first into the uh, into the industry Um, Believe it or not, uh, I was taking senior pictures somewhere uh, as a high school uh, almost graduate. The photographer at the time was very close to an agency director here in Honolulu. And he posed a question to me saying, hey, you ever thought of modeling? And I said, oh, no. Internally, I think I responded like I'm I'm too cool for something like that or (laughs) masculine for something like that. And, and then he kind of followed up before we ended the session saying, well, you know, you can make a hundred bucks an hour in modeling or more. And I said, where the heck do I sign up? I'm game. I'm all in. Let me do it. And so I began a relationship with um, Lali Totero, who was the director of the ADR agency at the time. Back then it was called ADR Model and Talent Agency, and the uh, owner was Ray Sasaki. And we began a long uh, friendship um, and uh, – you know, that began now sitting 28 years later, um, you know, owning the agency. 
Wow. That's There's a cool. longer story to that, but I don't know if that's something. No, no, no. That's perfect. That's perfect. And how long has it been? Has it been just yours? Well, um, I worked for Ray for about seven years. So, um, uh, 1998 or thereabouts, um, I had um, my 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 soon-to-be wife was planning our marriage and our wedding and. Um, you know, at that point in time, it, we just kind of a crossroads in life. You know, um, I had worked up from, you know, typing to administrative to booking and then and and then um, being the agency director. And the only last spot uh, available for me was the owners. And so had a conversation with him one day and kind of said, hey, you know, um, I think I either need to find a new career path or. Uh, how do you feel about you know me jumping into your seat? And um, and he responded as gracious as he's always responded uh, with uh, "It's about time." This is what <laughs> I was waiting for. You know, he was looking, I think, for some kind of a succession, and uh, he had been in the industry for a number of years, um, really, actually, as a hobby, really for him. But we were able to work together and turn it into a thriving agency. And so it was really good timing for me personally, as well as for him professionally to make that transition. So 1998 was when um, uh, my wife and I purchased the agency from him. And um, here we go. Do you think that it is has been helpful for you to be on first the modeling talent side and then go into the other side of being an agent? Certainly, but I think people would be surprised as to the reason of that, um, because uh, most people would think, well, you know, working in front of the camera and working in that capacity, you can relate. And um, certainly there's some elements of that that I can relate to. Um, but I think more, I think more, more importantly, it was, it was uh, my desire to be in front and back in behind the camera, sort of say, Mm-hmm. Um, and and being able to drive it from that particular position. I can relate to what it's like to be a professional talent or model, but it was very short-lived. I, I think I worked for, you know, maybe three, three or four years before I really realized that, well, I, I, I like this industry, but I kind of like the other aspect of the industry, not so much the talent perspective. And, and so that was, for me, it was a very comfortable transition. And the timing, timing, I guess, for everything is, is really you know, key. Yeah, I had worked, believe it or not, I had worked at the time part-time for the agency, and I also was a dancer in the um, legendary Don Hole show in Waikiki. And so I worked for Don for five or six years. And at the time... Um, thriving business was the incentive area of the of, of that industry. In other words, um, putting on entertainment packages for visiting corporations and and different uh, opportunities. And so the agency at the time wanted to begin that, and I was I think I was in the right position to help them begin that. As we started in the agency and started to develop that, the booker left, the director left, all of a sudden I was working on castings and then boom, that's it. That became really the focus point. We ne- we did establish that division of the agency, but really it was really more of my focus being transitioned to 
talent and modeling, et cetera. And um, yeah, so that, that was part of the entry level into understanding all different facets of the industry from a perform- performer's perspective, from a model's perspective, from a talent's perspective as well. Wow. I, I love hearing that story. And, you know, I, I know Ryan well enough to know that you, you are very respectful of artists and actors and models. And I think, um, you know, it's like working with a director who was once an actor. It's, it's such a, it's a really nice thing when somebody has done the thing that you're doing. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that story, even though I didn't know that story. That's interesting. I also think it's so great to hear that story for, for actors listening um, because I think a lot of actors make that transition at some point where they think, you know, some other element of the industry, you know, we're all, I think we all come to this business cause we love it, but, um, it might not be acting, you know, that ultimately is the thing, or maybe it's acting for a while. And, you know, I have a, I have a very good friend who acted for 25 years and now she's writing, you know, it's, it's, um, it's exciting where, where it can take you if you're, if you're open, if you keep your heart open and um, let it, let it go where it goes. But that's a, I love that story. I, you know, I, I totally believe in just organically letting, you know, letting your path move you. And, you know, in this industry, we have, individuals who are multi-talented their creative side allow them to you know um, uh, you know shoot a print campaign or act in a commercial or, or scene um, but in many ways they're also creative um, in in the in the creation of content as well and so I think we see that a lot of times happening especially when we get frustrated about lack of content and so many of our own talent take it in their own hands to actually develop opportunities on their own and I think that's just part of the the evolution I mean this is a living breathing scenario and everybody you know grows in their own way in their own in their own pace you know so and their own comfort level I guess yeah for me my comfort level was clear that behind the scenes work best. And, and I, and I'm glad I made that, made that transition. I think if otherwise, if I didn't, I'd be working a federal or state job or some other, you know, nine to five career scenario. So. What would you say is the difference between being an actor in LA and being an actor in Hawaii? Traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Early on in my, you know, uh, aging, um, uh, I would get very frustrated uh, back in the early '90s um, with with some of our, our casting professionals here in Hawaii because their recollection of talent was bringing someone from the mainland. That Hawaii was great for background, for location, for the beauty of it all. But if we really wanted to book, you know professionals, we'd have to bring them in. And I really found that to be kind of astonishing and quite frustrating, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when, in my opinion, we're all needing to perpetuate and to build this industry for each other here and for those who live in this host market. And so for me, it it, it was, I think that conversation or conversations really prompted me to kind of drive myself to realize that, listen, let's create something here in Hawaii that there is no difference between Hawaii and LA or New York as far as 
quality talent and actors and models and everyone in between. And, and really the location is uh, the zip code is really the only difference. And I think that we've done that. I've, I've often said for our agency, at least that I have the best talent period. I mean, I can send my talent to submissions anywhere and they would hold their weight and be considered for everything. And through that whole experience. And I think through those early conversations and me wanting to kind of prove those professionals wrong in a sense, um, you know, the reality is, is, is that um, I think that was a driving force for me. And so when, I, when people say, what's the difference, really they're a plane ride, maybe, maybe not. I mean, there really is no difference. I, I consider Hawaii talent who look at this profession as a profession, who treat it as a profession, uh, whether they do a nine to five job or not, you can have more than one profession, of course. Um, if they're if they're dedicated to their craft and they work hard towards it, then they have every ability to um, to be considered. Uh, and so the difference would really be, and haven't we seen that now? I mean, through COVID, mm-hmm. we have self tape submissions. What's the difference between my talent taping themselves with a backdrop in their living room or kitchen? And some other talent in in LA taping themselves in their with in front of a backdrop in their living room and kitchen. In reality, we're submitting everyone in the same way. We all have to be professional about it. Local hire has made the world significantly smaller. You know, uh, good and bad. I'm sure we'll talk about local hire as far as the double-edged sword. But the reality is, it has really made the world a lot smaller. And of course, you know, now we're all on Zoom. So even smaller than we thought. I remember when um, I graduated from grad school, actually, and a good friend of mine had a meeting with a casting director in Los Angeles. And the casting director gave her advice, which was go to a place that you love to live and then create your career there. And I feel like kind of what you're talking like like how the blessing of of sort of what we've gone through with covid especially in the entertainment industry is that we really do have an opportunity to be in a city that might be more kind to our souls <laughs> mm-hmm. than um perhaps Los Angeles or New York it might not fit for everybody and um i think that it, it, kind of what you're saying it, it makes me kind of think of that oh certainly makes you kind of want to move to hawaii Yes, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm coming over. <laughs> um, you did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think the obvious, you know, uh, I mean, there's certain obvious differences in markets and volume and that kind of thing. But I think we've also seen that it is very possible to do exactly what you just said. Live where your soul is content and and be able to still satisfy the drive that professional, you know, um, uh, uh, acumen and that professional desire that everyone has to kind of achieve certain things. Uh, certainly, we'll, we'll, you know, might add an extra step or layer to the process, but it's not something that is um, a wall. You know, it's achievable. And, and I think that's what we need to really look at. And creative, as creative people, if we're content, don't we do our best work then? I mean, so that's something that's key. 
Let's talk a little, you mentioned local hire. I'd love to talk a little bit about that and um, how, and then you also mentioned earlier about, you know, shows back in the 90s wanting to fly actors in. Um, is there still, is there still a lot of flying actors in and how important is the local hire piece when hiring actors? Boy, this is only a 30-minute show, right? So, yeah, <laughs> might, might be hitting the envelope in, on time here, but um, I'm going to try my best to stay as focused because I can probably go in so many different directions in regards to this. I think local hire has been a tremendous asset to our industry in the sense that it, is, it has allowed actors to really submit and be considered for work that's outside of their home market. And I think that that, that the local hire transaction and as, as productions have continued to, to be more and more com comfortable with that transaction, you know, has, has opened up opportunities for talent in general. I mean, look at some markets, you know, like Atlanta, that I think really has grown from the local hire aspect. And even in Hawaii, um, now, Hawaii is always a few years behind everywhere else in the world. You know, we're, we operate on a kind of a Hawaiian timetable all its own. But the reality is, is that even, even with Hawaii, we've seen that the local hire option has been a real benefit, um, vice versa. You know, talent pitching to the mainland markets and mainland talent pitching to local Hawaii um, uh, opportunities, which has really helped to actually, you know, maintain competitiveness, uh, provide new faces and new energy and new individuals to come into the market to work. All of that is good stuff. It's not bad stuff. I mean, so I think in that respects, local hire has been a real plus. Um, it is allowed productions with real honest uh, budgetary issues to really go beyond what the norm would have been. So that's been a plus, I think, on, on, on the flip side. I think there are some productions that use local hire as a default option that may or may not, you know, um, I want to need to choose my words very, very carefully, <laughs> you know, um, a short circuit, the normal process in which we would be able to, for a qualified role, a guest star role, friend of show role, or something of the sort to be able to, you know, um, uh, maybe those examples are not the right ones as I'm thinking about those terms. But anyway, the roles that would be significant enough to bring somebody in has kind of defaulted always on the local hire scenario. Yeah. You know, that's good and bad. I mean, we, ha we have to take the, the bigger picture in consideration when we're looking at these specific points. You know, is that a bad thing that productions will default to local hire terms without even considering upfront at first maybe bringing in? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it might be. But if you have yourself a good agent, wouldn't they, wouldn't they do their job and negotiate accordingly? So I think that, you know, when it's all settled and done, I think that set, uh, local hire has had a positive effect on the industry. Um, it's like minimum wage, right? You know, it's not what you should be. You should be making what you make based on your experience, your ability, and your your, your credentials. And just like an actor uh, or, or a model, the reality is this. I mean, you know, you have an opportunity, and if you if your resume calls for you know a, a higher, uh, better terms, then 
work and negotiate for that. And I think local hire at the very least provides an opportunity that in which in the past we've always seen the door was closed. Mm. So that's, it's, it's not a bad thing. So I think I'm understanding you. If, if an actor in Los Angeles who is not, let's say a name, um, as we say, uh, you know, is interested. Well, first, let me ask you this question: Can can an actor from Los Angeles have somebody like you um, as their agent, and also have an agent in Los Angeles? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you can have multiple agents and or managers in a larger market like LA. Um, in Hawaii, uh, those who work on my roster, uh, they need to they need to be with our agency and only our agency for Hawaii work, just because of the fact that the size of, of the market really doesn't really allow for, you know, that option. Um, but certainly, uh, in fact, we, we tend to work in the team type of scenario with other agents and other managers for some of our, my talent who live outside of Hawaii in larger markets. Certainly. Got it. I would love to hear from you because this is always a question that actors wonder about, but what makes a great client for you? So can you just describe the types of people that you love to work with, that you love to have around you? I think you'll be surprised, but maybe not so surprised. Um, the, The ideal client for us would be someone who is open to having, you know, a, a very direct and, and very honest um, line of communication. I mean, we have to be able to be honest with each other. Uh, we have to be able to hear the good news and the bad news and, and, and the constructive criticism, because really that's all about the growth part of, of our industry and, for, and our, of our talent, even for agents. I mean, agents need to hear, you know, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong for, for a specific individual to be able to make sure that that relationship can continue to grow and, and be strengthened and, and to profit each other. And um, I think that in a lump sum combined with, you know, again, just the, the general responsiveness is huge because in this day and age, time is everything. Sometimes we have the best talent and best individuals for the role, but we miss it because Wi-Fi turns our sound off or, you know, or, or, you know, or we don't respond (laughs) because we're accustomed to getting a hundred text messages a day and we just kind of overlook them. The reality is, is that we need to be able to cut through that clutter to make sure that we're doing the best that we possibly, possibly can. And that doesn't mean that, it, it requires someone to be 100% devoted to this industry. Um, it just means that you have to be 100% devoted at the time that you engage, you know? Um, so. Right. I, hope I was, as you were speaking, it, that's a perfect answer. And as you were speaking, I was watching Camille's face, as you were saying, because artists can be sensitive and emotional. <laughs> I could see her being like, yeah. Um, But it is something that we, um, for those of you who are listening, we can see each other on a Zoom. But we we do often talk about that. And we've talked with guests about that, about this sort of um, strange paradox in in entertainment where actors really need, I mean, they need to be sensitive and emotional 
people to, you know, cry on cue and um, be vulnerable on camera, but they also have to be organized as you're, you know, talking about and um, communicative and responsible. And, you know, and those two things don't, you know, the artistic temperament doesn't always. No, you, you have to have yeah. the business aspects of all, of everything yeah, exactly. else, including in this industry. And I, we talked about it earlier also about, when I, you know, the what benefit did I, do I have from having dabbled in front of the camera? And whereas I think maybe with the message I was trying to make, and it, it's clearer now for me, is is that whereas maybe I did not take that career to levels that I can maybe relate with others, I do know what it what it means and feels like to want an opportunity, mm. audition for it, and not get it. And I do know that what frustration and what doubt. You know uh, that that is automatically self-induced is, and and that is something that I think you know uh, because of because of that experience for myself. You know I certainly know how to and and have many times walked someone off the ledge. You know with regards to you know throwing in the towel. You know I I have I have a I have one of our most probably established talent. Who was a, is was a series regular in 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 a show in Hawaii? Who you know who would reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, I want to chat a little bit and see whether or not this industry is still for me, or have I gotten to an age that maybe you know I, I can just maybe put this to the side?" And I would email email him back, and it's like, "Brother, <laughs> what are you thinking about? Stop that quickly right now! You just move to a different category. You don't move. You know that's." Of mm. course, you're still relevant in in this industry, and so I think having being able to relate in that respects has mm-hmm. I think done well for me. Um, I also think that in reality, from the flip side, again, communication. Sometimes we need to have that honest communication that needs to cut through. Why didn't I get selected? Because I am all that, and and, and you know, sometimes the reality might need to be, you know that relationship needs to be strong enough to say, Hey, it wasn't this time. That's fine. We'll, we'll grow from this and we'll make it happen next time. Let's do it. You, know, you still have the relationships um, and, and the opportunities ahead of you. I, that was such a comforting response. I was going to say when you, Jen said that sensitive, sensitive remark, when you said that, Ryan, I actually wanted to say, oh, woof, sensitivity <laughs> is, can be so hard. <laughs> but um, but what I, I just, you know, I think it's really, it took, a, it took me a long time as an actor to start to look at the business side of it in a different, from a different perspective. And that business side included going in and auditioning. And I'm just wondering yeah. if you can, you know, with what you're saying, I, I find it really inspiring to listen to. What are some some ways in which you talk to your actors or ways to think about auditioning um, from more of a business perspective and not so much um, a, a feeling of this is my my self-worth is on the table when I'm walking in that room? Got it, got it. You know, boy, again, I'll try to focus in and narrow my response here because I think if you asked me this question two years ago, it's a very different answer than now, just simply because of the formats that we're dealing with and the auditioning process, which is very different post-COVID than pre-COVID. 
Uh, but I think if, if I was to address that question pre-COVID, I would say something to the extent that, you know, we need to be able to respect all the professionals that are on the other side of any audition as well. And as much as you have taken a scene, broken it down, have figured out what your decision points are and have kind of you know, conditioned yourself to really give the best performance, part of that is also that collaboration in the room pre-COVID with those casting professionals that might have bits and pieces and nuggets of information mm-hmm. in which you don't. That could ve- could very well be very important to the process and to be flexible enough to give your delivery as you've crafted it, but also be open enough to hear the feedback. And maybe if you're fortunate enough to get a second take, you know, incorporate that into the process because it's not all about us all the time. Many times it is, but it, many times it has to be a collaborative journey and some information we simply don't have. We don't have what the director was sharing with the casting director on a private conversation about a specific role and whether, you know, and, and the vulnerability of that role or, or not. You know, we don't have that kind of feedback. Um, and it's, sometimes it's not visible to us in the written breakdown to the extent in which it helps us to knock it out of the park. Um, I think post-COVID, um, we need to be multiversal and have everything other than our delivery and craft up to par. We just, you know, I don't know if you want to, we just had a little audio mm-hmm. issue as we're doing this interview. You know, I mean, the reality of today's yeah. auditioning process is you can be the best actor and just blow the scene out of the water. But the reality is, if your mic sucks, your video is terrible, you're using your, your 10-year-old PC camera, you know, you, you, you have everything in the back of you visible and you're not set up to properly self-tape, then every distraction that will, that will push the, the, the attention of that director to someone else is going to hurt you. And so now we need to get all of our ducks in order outside of the craft part the ability part. And I think that we should have been doing that way before COVID, but COVID now is pushing us to really be mindful of that because it's directly impactful of the product that we mm. deliver for submission. And and I don't believe, I may be I may be wrong. I hope I'm not. I don't believe this format in which we're doing castings now will change soon or maybe even ever. I think that it's we stumbled upon something that you know might just hang around for a little while, quite frankly. And personally, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sometimes I'm mixed because I do believe there's some of my talent who's just so damn charming that that's part of their their appeal and and they book jobs just because of that. You know what maybe is said outside of the scene that they deliver versus the scene that they delivered. But the reality is, is that you know um, the the volume that we've been able to churn out has been the kind of volume that at least Hawaii's market always dreamed of, you know, as a, as a, as a location that's separated by water, you know, um, kind of a thing, tropical location setting, you know, so 
Hopefully I made sense there. I mean, sometimes I'm answering and responding to a question. No, no, I'm no. Thinking, that's, what, I'm, what so, the heck I'm you so glad you spoke to that because <laughs> I, I, I strongly believe this is, this is the way it's going to be. I, I, and I'm seeing it in other areas too. You know, I have kids and a lot of their stuff is, you know, things that they're participating in um, are becoming more online. I mean, I, I do think the world is definitely moving this way. And as you said, for, for an island, of course, it makes sense to have things on tape. And as we all know, and, you know, newer actors might not know this, most auditions were taped anyway in the audition room, you know, so that stuff could be brought back. Of course, you know that right. um, to the producers that that maybe right. couldn't be present. So, um, you know, it's just now we we get to tape it ourselves as actors. Um we are sadly out of time. I think Camille might have one more thing she wants to say. <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> I always have one more thing I want to say. No, I just, I think something that you said was really important and I just wanted to, to punch it a little bit is just, you know, we talk a lot about um, confidence in, in our, in our podcasts. We talk a lot about like, you know, we, we ask a lot of people when an actor walks in a room, like, you know, what strikes you? And many people say confidence. And then we ask them to define it. And many people have different answers. And one of the answers that that most that we most hear in some way or another is preparation. And I think what you said mm-hmm. about, you know, having the right lighting, having the right background, having the right way to record, you know, there's there's not much you have to do as an actor, I mean, you got to be ready, you have to be responsible, but to not have those sort of basic tools right now um, to really give yourself the best shot is, um, is kind of, I would say a little bit chipping away at, at a possibility of confidently walking into a room, so to speak. So I just wanted to emphasize that. I think understanding our responsibility from a talent's perspective you know, it, it, it's much broader than what we would typically understand it to be, especially more true today than maybe before. Yeah. Right. Well yeah. said, Ryan, this has been such a treat getting to talk to you. Um, we always like to end our episode by asking our guests, usually it's about LA because, you know, more often than not, they live in LA, but since we're talking about Hawaii today, um, if there's anything that is unique to Hawaii, I, lo- I loved your answer at the top that it's inclusive. And um, that's a, just a beautiful, beautiful answer. But is there anything else that you can share even a, you know, I don't know, just anything that you have noticed that is unique just to Hawaii? Boy, and not sound cliche. No, um, sound cliche. Cliches are cliche because <laughs> they're true usually. I, I do believe that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, the the beauty here in the islands is something that is absolutely unique. But then if you ever drive up to one of the tallest mountaintops in Colorado, you can appreciate that beauty sure. as well. Why you know, I and so the, 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 um, uh, the people may be another one. But, you know, mm-hmm. listen, I mean, the Aloha spirit can be very well compared to Southern hospitality. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so when you think about it in that respect, you know, uh, there's many different th- things that is unique to Hawaii um, that maybe can be, you know, transferred in other places. I think that it may be, 
if there was something unique to Hawaii that portray that relates to our industry and our market and what we do, the uniqueness might be is that we are far, far, far even close to tapping into the potential of our industry in Hawaii. Far, far. We're not even 15% into it. I think, mm. I mean, I think we, we're just really in the, believe it or not, infancy mm. of the real true potential of our market. And if that was something unique, because I do believe other markets have kind of saturated itself and, you know, kind of thing. But for Hawaii, I don't believe that we're even halfway there. And I think that that's something that's very unique. And that's something that gives everyone a lot of uh, optimism, you know, for our market and uh, moving forward. So that's perfect. That's perfect. And that is exciting. And it it will be exciting to listen to this in 10, 15 years and see see where we are because I think you're right I think um, I still might be working because I have, I still have kids in college so I'm going to need to continue <laughs> working for at least 10 or 15 years well so, good uh, I know, hope you do we'll do you're... a part two at, uh, in 10 or 15 yeah. years <laughs> um, well thank you so much Ryan for taking the time and talking to us yeah. and talking to our listeners um, it's always great to hear about other markets especially ones in special places like Honolulu. And um, we really appreciate you being here with us today. Well, listen, I appreciate both of you as well for giving the opportunity. And um, this was fun. Uh, I, I, I always walk into these things not understanding or knowing exactly what the heck I'm going to say because <laughs> I'm pretty much shooting from the hip. But uh, this was great to be with you guys. And thanks again for, for letting me be a part of this. Thank you. Hey, guys. For all of you who are looking for professional guidance and hands-on mentoring for your acting career, join the Speak LA membership today. To join or for more information about the membership, go to ispeakla.com. That's the letter I, speakla.com. This episode of Speak LA the Podcast was sponsored by Actors Connection. Actors Connection offers free resources, including valuable online programs. For more information, go to actorsconnection.com and sign up for their e-blast today. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. My name is Jen Jostin. And I'm Camille Thornton-Alson, and we are the founders of Speak LA. Bye-bye.